0: My name is Rick Renner, and today I'm in St. Petersburg, Russia, in a memorial built to the defense of Leningrad. This city had many names. It was first called St. Petersburg, then it was renamed Petrograd, then Leningrad, and today again it is called St. Petersburg. But in 1941, something terrible began in this city. It was the siege of Leningrad when Nazi troops surrounded the city to take it captive. But the people of Leningrad refused to give up. They defended their city. When they ran out of food, they began to eat wallpaper, wallpaper paste. They even ate paint. They ate cats, dogs, rats. They even cooked their leather shoes and their belts. They refused to surrender to the attack we know that at least one and a half million residents died of starvation and from the freezing temperatures because that year the temperatures fell to minus 40. Plus, more than a million Soviet troops perished in the defense of the city. And today historians estimate that about three million people died in 900 days in St. Petersburg. And we know at one moment the local morgues were cremating 8,800 people a day. But the spirit of the city was so strong, it refused to surrender. It just refused to give in to the attack. But why did the attack take place? Why did the Nazis want Leningrad? Because it was important. It was filled with history. It was filled with treasures. It was a very important city but let me ask you, what triggers attacks in your life? Why does the devil come after you? And I believe we have an important answer in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 11 and 12, where the Apostle Paul describes the call on his life. And he says, whereunto I'm appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles, but he doesn't stop there. Then he goes on in verse 12 and says, For the which cause I also suffer these things. Paul basically said, The reason all these things have happened to me is because of the call on my life. The devil's after my call. When you have a great destiny, you need to know the devil will come after it. But just like Paul You don't have to surrender to an attack. Just like the people of Leningrad, you can make the decision. You're going to last longer than any attack that ever comes against you, and eventually it will let up. It will pass, and you will be the victor. And that is what I'm going to talk to you about today.
1: Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen, and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. Welcome to today's program.
0: My name is Rick Renner, and my friend, I've been waiting for you, and today we're going to begin a brand new series called What to Do When You're Being Bombarded. Have you ever been bombarded by the enemy or by life? How do you get through a bombardment. This is going to be so good. And today we're going to specifically see what triggers an attack. But I want you to order the whole series called What to Do When You're Being Bombarded. It's a five-part series and it comes with a study guide. Please order these right now by going online or by giving us a call. And right now we're offering you my book, which is a Christian classic, which is called Dress to Kill, A Biblical Approach to Spiritual Warfare, and armor. Do you have a copy of Dress to Kill? If not, you need to order yours today. This is a book that you will use and use and use. My friend, this book has been read by millions of people all over the planet, and it is a biblical approach to spiritual warfare and armor. It will really help you. And I want to remind you that right now we're offering our autobiography, unlikely at a radical discount at our ministry website page. Wow, you need to read this book. The back of the book says, if you're ready to read a true life story that will stir your faith, to launch out for your own unlikely adventure, this is the book for you to read. It's not just our story. It is filled with teaching that will really enrich your life. The subtitle says, Our Faithful Journey to the Ends of the Earth, Unlikely. You will love it. Order yours today. And remember that when you become a partner with our ministry, we're going to send you two books as our way of saying welcome to our partner family. And a partner is anyone that regularly financially gives into the ministry and prays for us as we begin to take this teaching of the Bible to people all over the planet. And when you give into our ministry, you really are a partner in helping us do that. And we'll send you my book, Life in the Combat Zone, and Denise's book, The Gift of Forgiveness, as our way of saying welcome to the program. But I'll be back in just a moment. Today, I want to talk to you about what triggers an attack, and there are all kinds of attacks. And by the way, we reach for your Bible. You need the Bible in this program. But what triggers an attack in your marriage? or an attack against your children, or an attack against your finances, or maybe an attack against your health. And I'm going to help you today by going to 2 Timothy chapter 1, and we're going to begin in verse 9. This is really going to be a blessing to you. But listen to this. Paul says in 2 Timothy 1, 9, "...who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our own works," But according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began, he's talking about the glorious gospel. Then he says in verse 10, But is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And then he says in verse 11, Whereunto, unto this glorious gospel, I am appointed a preacher and an apostle, and a teacher of the Gentiles. And then in verse 12, he says, for the which cause, I also suffer these things. It is the equivalent of saying, if you want to know why I'm going through everything I'm going through, it's because of the call on my life. The devil is after my calling for the which cause. Because I'm appointed an apostle and a preacher and a teacher of the Gentiles, because I've become so threatening to the domain of darkness, for that reason, I'm suffering these things. And the word suffer that is used here is the Greek word pascho, which means to physically suffer or even to emotionally suffer. Well, what was Paul experiencing in this moment? Talk about a bizarre attack Well, Nero was the Roman emperor, and Nero decided that in the middle of Rome, he wanted to build a new palace, but there were many buildings standing there. So he requested permission from the Roman Senate to tear them down. And they said, Nero, this Senate is historical. This is a very important region. No, you may not tear down these buildings. So many historians believe that he put torches into the hands of his servants and they started a big fire. And the fire burned and burned and burned and burned. And finally, after many, many days, the city of Rome had been devastated by this blaze. But when it was finished, the area where Nero wanted to build his home had been cleared. And he began construction of his new palace. And the Roman Senate said, we know who did this. Nero did this because he wanted to build his new palace. So as they were bringing him to the Senate for his trial and his execution, he concocted an idea about how to defend himself. And when Nero stood before the Senate, he said, how could you even imagine that I, Nero, would burn down my own city that I love so much? I'll tell you who did this dastardly deed. And the Senate said, tell us, tell us who did this. And Nero said, that new group in town that we've been listening to on our street corners, they've been preaching to us. I'm talking about Christians. And they've been publicly preaching and saying that one day in the future, a big judgment was coming that would be marked with fire and brimstone. We should have listened to them because they were giving us a secret message that they were going to burn down the city of Rome. And that is what they have done. And just like that, The Roman Senate believed him. And that is when the first official governmental persecution began against Christians. Now, there had been religious persecution that this was the first governmental-sponsored persecution against Christians. And suddenly, Christians began to be rounded up. They were killed. They were imprisoned. And they made a list of who were the most visible Christian leaders. And one of those at the top of the list was the Apostle Paul. And because he was such a visible Christian leader, they alleged that he was one of the arsonists that planned the fire that burned down this central section of Rome. And when we come to the book of 2 Timothy, Paul is in prison in Rome and he's not in prison as a Christian. He is in prison as an arsonist, an arsonist. There he is, sitting in a Roman prison. My friend, there was nothing worse than a Roman prison. In fact, Roman prisons were so horrible, most people never left a Roman prison. They died there, and for that reason, they rarely even fed the prisoners that were in a Roman prison because they were considered to be useless eaters. They were going to die anyway. And not only was Paul living in this horrible, horrible condition that was dark and damp and wet and not eating very much, The whole world was talking about him. All of the press in Rome, ah, they've arrested the man who helped plan the fire that burned down the city of Rome. And Paul is sitting in prison while all this fake news is being circulated in the city of Rome. And I'm sure people were saying they need to kill that man. They should never let that man out of prison. And his name now was notorious, not because he was a preacher, but because they were alleging that he committed a crime that he had nothing to do with. It was the crime committed by Nero, but he deflected it onto the Christian believers. And Paul now is suffering in prison as a result. That is amazing. And that is why he says, for the which cause, let me tell you why I'm suffering these things. And then he says, for the which cause I suffer these things. Why? Because I'm appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher. The devil is after my call, and I'm making such progress that it has triggered an attack to try to stop me. But he goes on to say, Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. And that word ashamed means to be disgraced, it means to be red faced. Literally, that's what the Greek word means one that is embarrassed. Paul knew who he was in spite of what everyone was saying about him. And my friend, you need to know who you are and not be moved by what everyone says about you. Paul says, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. That word know is a translation of the Greek word oida. It describes personal experience, knowledge gained by personal experience. I know whom I have believed. I have experience with the one with whom I have believed, and I am what? Persuaded. This word persuaded is so very important because it is the Greek word patho, and the word patho indeed is where we get the word for persuasion. But listen to this. It means to convince someone, to coax someone, or to sway one from one opinion to another opinion. It is one that has developed absolute confidence convinced to the core, rock solid certainty. But the use of this word tells me that when Paul was in prison and he was under attack, he had moments when he may have been tempted to be fearful or to worry a little bit. And he did a lot of self-talk. This word patho describes self-persuasion. You know, sometimes when you're in trouble, you need to talk to yourself. If you just listen to yourself all the time, you'll probably be in trouble because your emotions will lie to you. They will deceive you. They will put you into a state of panic. Sometimes you have to talk to yourself. Self-talk can be very powerful. And Paul is now talking to himself in that dark, dank, wet place, saying to himself, I know who the one I have believed and I am persuaded. He is coaxing himself into a position of faith. And my friend, you can do that as well. And listen to what he is persuaded about. For I know who I am and I'm persuaded that he is able. The word able is the Greek word dunitas. It describes one that is capable, one that is mighty. Paul says God is absolutely capable and mighty enough to take care of me in my situation. In fact, he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day and that which he has committed unto him is him he's talking about him i know the lord is able to keep me and the word keep is the greek word philoso, and listen to this it means to save to protect to preserve or to guard it is the very greek word which was used to describe a military guard who exercised uninterrupted, broken vigilance to watch over a territory, or the very word used to describe the vigilance of shepherds who were watching over the sheep that were assigned to their care. And when Paul says, I'm convinced, I'm persuaded, he is able, he's competent to keep me, he literally is declaring, God has uninterrupted vigilance And he is looking over me like a soldier. I am his territory and he's hovering over me like a great shepherd of the sheep. He has uninterrupted vigilance to watch over me. He's going to protect me. Paul is absolutely convinced of this. And the use of the word patho, which here is translated persuaded, implies to me and to you, he's done a little self-talk with himself while he is in prison. He's telling himself it's time to stay in faith. He's talking to himself and coaxing himself to stay in a place of faith. And sometimes we have to do that. And then he says that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him. I love this word committed, the Greek word "parathiki." It means to deposit. I always think about when I was a boy, my dad was paid once every two weeks on Thursday. And on Thursday nights, our family always did the same thing. We loaded into the car and we drove to the next town where we bought family groceries. And then my dad drove by the bank. And back in those days, there was a deposit box on the exterior of the bank. And of course, the deposit box was made out of metal. It was really a heavy duty door and my daddy would open the deposit drawer, put in his money, and seal it. And when he closed that door and made his deposit, it was out of reach. No one could touch it. No one could harm it. No one could retrieve it because my father made his deposit. And once he made his deposit, it was in a place of safekeeping, And now Paul uses that word to describe himself. He knows that when he gave his life to Jesus, he pulled up alongside of Christ and deposited his life into Christ. And once he was placed into Christ, the door closed. He was irretrievable. No one could touch him. No one could harm him because he had placed his life in Christ. Christ. And my friends, I want to tell you that you are in Christ. You've deposited yourself in him and he is going to watch over you and keep you. That is what Paul says in this verse. Until that day. What day? Until the day that you see Jesus and everything is finished. But what triggers an attack. And I want to give you a verse to think about. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, there's a very powerful verse which people religiously misinterpret. And listen to what it says. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given unto me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Well, religious people say that Paul was dealing with conceit and Paul was dealing with pride because he had so many revelations. But my friend, God doesn't give us revelations to give us a conceit or a pride problem. God doesn't do that. Then what is this verse about? Well, let's look at it unless I should be exalted above measure. Listen to this. This Greek word is a compound of two Greek words, the word hoopo and the word hiero. The word hoopo, hooper here, means over, above, and beyond. It depicts something that is way beyond measure. It conveys the idea of something that's greater, superior, higher, better, more than a match for utmost, paramount, foremost. It describes something that is first-rate, first-class, top-notch, unsurpassed, unequaled, and unrivaled by any person or anything. That's the first part of the word, the word hooper. The second part of the word "hiro" means to lift up, to raise, or to be exalted. But when you compound the two words together, these words, exalted above measure depicts a person who has been supremely exalted. One who has been magnified, increased, lifted up to a place of great influence. And Paul is making a declaration. Because of the vast revelations that God has given to me, it has given me a position of influence that few people possess These revelations have given him a place of prestige and power and authority. And he says, because of the abundance of these revelations and the advancements that I am making, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, and he calls it the messenger of Satan. Well, because it says there was given unto me, most people say, well, it was given to him by God. It doesn't say that. In fact, it says clearly it was a messenger of Satan. A better translation would be, there was assigned to me, a thorn in the flesh. And the word thorn describes a dangerously sharp spiked instrument or tool. And it was also used to describe the stake on which an enemy's head was stuck after being decapitated. Paul was literally saying, I am making such advancements with the gospel, and my position has been so exalted that the devil's after me and he wants my head on a stake. That's literally what it means. And then he calls it the messenger of Satan that has been sent to buffet me. That word buffet means to hit, to beat, to repeatedly strike in an attempt to stop or to distract. That is amazing. And listen, to how the RIV translates this verse. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7, the RIV. Because of the phenomenal revelations I've received, and on account of the vast number of these revelations that God has entrusted to me, and to hinder the highly visible progress I am making, a special messenger has been sent from Satan to harass me with constant distractions and headaches. There's no doubt about it. Satan wants my head on a stake. Satan is constantly trying to buffet and distract me in an attempt to keep me from reaching a higher level of visibility and recognition and to sidetrack me from preaching my revelations. Now, that is a totally different take on this verse, but that is consistent with the teaching of the New Testament. And the Apostle Paul understands what has triggered the attack it's his revelation, it's his calling. It is his anointing. He says, unto this gospel, I've been appointed a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher. And for the which cause, it's because of my visibility and my anointing that I'm suffering these things. And sometimes when you are making progress, it triggers an attack. And this week, we're going to be looking at how you can repel each one of these attacks. I'll be back in just a moment. And I want to
1: pray for you. What triggers a spiritual attack against your life? I'm talking about difficult moments when it seems like some area of your life has come under a full assault from the enemy. But what exactly triggers these spiritual attacks? And what exactly can you do to repel them with the power of God? In this practical and helpful five-part series, what to do when you're being bombarded, Rick Renner will give you the needed weapons and strategies for repelling every attack. I'm talking about attacks against your finances, attacks against your marriage, attacks against your children or grandchildren, attacks against your health. You'll be so thankful you took time to digest this powerful five-part series that is available in digital or physical formats, starting at just $10. In addition, we are also offering you the 500-page book, Dressed to Kill. In this book, Rick answers questions about the often misunderstood subject of spiritual warfare and gives insight into the purpose of spiritual armor in the lives of believers. This comprehensive study on spiritual warfare teaches you how to put on the full armor of God and the importance each piece of the armor plays in defeating the enemy. This beautifully bound book, which includes a full-color insert of illustrations depicting every piece of armor the Romans Soldier War and Battle can be yours for just $22. Don't miss this special offer. The series What to Do When You're Being Bombarded and the book Dressed to Kill. Call the number on your screen now or go to renner.org to order. Call or go online now.
0: This is rick renner and i'm here on the side of our new studio with mr joel renner it is so good to be with you Joel. it was exciting what happened here yesterday it really is they poured so much concrete they poured this entire slab yesterday from morning to evening and on this slab joel we're going to begin constructing our new studio in fact the walls are going to go up in just a few weeks and we're able to do it because of our giving team that's giving of their finances to help us do that. And right from this place, we're gonna produce teaching that people can trust and send it all over the world in the English language and the Russian language, And it's just so exciting. And what's totally amazing to me, Joel, is that at the same time that we're doing this here, we are purchasing a new building in Tulsa. And Joel, just this morning, I was reading in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 11, where God promised, I'm going to give you houses that you didn't build that will be fully supplied when you get them. And the new building that we're getting in Tulsa, it is fully furnished. It's amazing. It is everything we would ever need and we didn't have to lift a finger we just have to walk in and take possession of it and believe and believe we need to pay for it and that's why we want to say thank you to you giving team because you really are making a difference and here in moscow and in tulsa and around the world our ministry is literally bursting at the seams people reaching out to us calling us writing to us asking us for materials if you saw our office in Tulsa you would be amazed because materials are lining the hallways we're using metal containers on the back of the property because we don't have room for more materials in the building we're literally bursting at the seams because God is giving increase you know the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 6 one plants another waters but God is the one who gives the increase and I want to say thank you for your planting thank you for your giving and thank you to God because God is ultimately the one who gives the increase that if you're not already a part of our giving team would you please pray about becoming part of the giving team to help us finish constructing this studio and purchasing the building in Tulsa we'll be so thankful and together as partners we're going to reach people with teaching they can trust. It's amazing that right from where each of us are, we can make a difference in someone else's life. So thank you in advance for being a part of this wonderful ministry expansion project. Today, we're just getting started on my brand new series called What to Do When You're Being Bombarded. Sometimes in life we are bombarded with attacks. What do you do when you're being bombarded? I want you to order the whole series. It's five parts. What to do when you're being bombarded. It will really help you get through any assault that you're dealing with in your life. And it comes with a wonderful study guide. And right now we're also offering you my book called Dress to Kill. You don't have to take it anymore because you are dressed to kill a biblical approach to spiritual warfare and armor. Please order yours today. And remember that right now we're offering you our brand new autobiography called Unlikely, Our Faith-Filled Journey to the Ends of the Earth. You can order all of these things by going online or by giving us a call right now. And please, when you reach out to us, let us know. How to pray for you. If you feel like you're being bombarded, we'll release our faith with you for you to repel every single attack that's coming against you, your marriage, your children, your finances, your health. You can stand against it, but you may need somebody to stand against it with you in prayer. So either give us a call or send us your email And we will release our faith and stand with you. But Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus that greater is the one that is in us than he that is in the world. We thank you that you've given us your spirit and you've given us your word and we can repel every single attack the enemy ever tries to bring against us. We make the decision to do it in Jesus name. Amen. You can do it. Hey be sure to let us know how to pray for you and I'll see you tomorrow but please remember Ecclesiastes 8:4 it says where the word of a king is there is power